We've been trying to organise this for a long time, so it's been, it's been a long time coming. I'm glad that we're finally doing it. Yeah, no, I'm really excited. When you first reached out to me about it, um, you know, I was honoured. So thank you for, you know, doing that. Yeah, no problem. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm going to explain, because um, obviously this is recorded now, and uh, I, I edit it and put it on the Spotify, Apple, all those good places. Um, so, you know, live audience doesn't matter. Uh, I, I, the listeners mainly come through on the podcast for me. I, I do have some big ones, to be fair. But like last week, I had um, a special one. I did International Women's Day, and I'm just going to address it now because obviously the last the last listeners would have heard uh, was that episode. And we managed to raise in the end $435, I think it was, for uh, charity for the Malala Fund, uh, which was great. And uh, yeah, the main reason I've actually been away to those listening is because um, I I've actually, since then, I, I moved out. I moved flat, which took up a lot of my time. And along with that, actually, I put a lot of a lot of like energy into organizing that space to get all those people on. And I think I just sort of burned out a little bit. So um, had a week off, and it was the weekend I was moving flat, which obviously didn't help. So um, yeah, but you know, Roma, I'd, I'd love for you to introduce yourself to the people who are listening on the podcast and um, give a little intro about yourself, and also to me because we've not spoken in person yet. So, yeah, I'll give you the mic and give you the floor for that. Uh, yeah, so my name is Jacob Roma. I am fully doxxed. I go by Roma in real life and in Web3. Uh, you know, I've been in the crypto NFT space for roughly two years, I think, in March, actually. Yeah, so two years this month. And uh, before that, I was actually an options trader in the stock market. And through that, I met people that were interested in the NFTs and that's how I found my way into this space. So that's interesting actually, because you say you're an options trader. Is that, um, cause I looked into that years ago and I, I never got into it. This was, I'm talking like pre, uh, before I was into crypto or anything, I, I was sort of looking into stocks and, and that. And if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but options, the sort of like you're, you're almost putting money on whether it, I guess it is trading, but I remember doing it. It was literally just like, you're putting the money on it going up. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. Do you want to describe it to me? Sorry, I'm a bit of a noob on that. I'll I'll kind of break it down in the easiest way possible because there's a lot to it. Um, you know, I learned how to trade options over a year. I taught myself, um, and during that time, it was roughly about 40, 50 hours a week. I was putting into learning it from how to t use TA, um, all the different kinds of tr contracts there are, from calls to puts, and all different kinds of plays, and. Um, you know, it's kind of it's leverage. It's leverage trading. So yeah, you're basically saying that a price of a stock is going to go up or it's going to go down, and that's how you make money is then selling that option off of that. Do you know why they sort of call it option trading? Because like yeah, as I was saying it and, and trying to describe it, I realized I was basically just describing trading. Um, but I don't know if it's different if it differs in the stock market, obviously, versus just crypto trading and stuff. Yeah, so options trading is different. Um, and I think the word option kind of comes from the fact that um, you're buying, basically buying a contract. We'll just say a call, for example. That means that you think the price is going to go up, and uh, you can you have the option of either executing that contract. So, say I bought a call. We'll just do like a fifty dollar call for you know. We'll just throw out a random stock, Apple. Um, not even close to fifty, but we'll just use that. Um, you know, that gives you the right to buy a hundred shares at $50, no matter what the actual underlying price of Apple is at that time. So you can either execute that contract and buy those shares 
at $50 a pop. And, you know, if say Apple went up to a hundred, that's a nice chunk of change you made uh, because you would have bought them at 50, would be able to instantly sell them at a hundred, or you can just sell the contract itself to someone else for them to execute that. So you can make money off the premium of just selling the option itself, or you can actually execute it and make the money off of buying those shares at X price and selling them at Y price. So is it effectively is like leveraged up the way you're describing that? Oh yeah. It's a, it's extremely risky. Um, you know, that was how I was introduced to trading. Uh, but I would suggest people learn how to trade normally first, just actually buying the shares themselves and, you know, maybe you venture off to options then, but if you don't know what you're doing, you can get burnt really fast uh, trading options. And really for me, just the last question on that, because just out of my own interest, and I don't want to stick on option trading too long, but uh, can, can you get like uh, stop losses in options trading or is it actually basically your, you, once you've done it, it's either you win or lose? Yeah, there's stop losses um, and, you know, take profit. So, um yeah, you usually I do like a ten percent or fifteen percent stop loss, um, and then I usually take profits around twenty five percent. Start scaling out around that range. Nice. And have you found you've brought that the skills you've learned there into the crypto space? Yeah, yeah. Um, it the TA I brought along with me. Uh, the ability to chart, um, you know, is helpful in any sort of market you're dealing with. Um. You know, that's really important to learn. I think if you don't know TA, you're just kind of risking it. Um, you know, that's kind of where the, oh, this, so you hear someone going, oh, this stock is going to go to this price and you just like believe it. And instead, you know, you can just pull up the chart and look for it yourself. Um, when I first started trading, I kind of listened to people. I would watch people on YouTube saying, oh, buy this stock or do X and Y and you know, I got burned a couple of times. And then when you actually start learning TA, um, you can start canceling out that noise. And it got to a point where I didn't care what anyone was saying. I wasn't going on Twitter and listening to what people were saying things are going to do. I would just, you know, do my own due diligence and chart it out myself. And now for that, um, you know, you start getting a lot better results more consistently. Yeah, I like that. See, myself, I'm not, I'm not a day, like I'm not a trader really in any fashion. I was going to say a day trader, but I'm not really a week trader or anything. I'm more like um, fundamental fundamental investing basically. So like, I, I look for like long-term um, because I, I've i never really, I've never really tried to be fair, but um, I, 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 you know, reading charts and stuff, I'd also being honest, I don't really want to, I don't think I want to learn <laughs> if, if I'm being honest, because I feel like it's quite hard. Um, so I just sort of look for like, good you know teams projects stuff like this that i think could sort of stand the, the test of time and there is a difference there i always find it quite interesting speaking to people who trade because it's, it's it's a very different sort of scene so what got you into crypto man like how did you get into this space through, through the options who introduced you or did you just come across it randomly oh man i just heard you know it was during the bull run so everyone's making a crap load of money and NFTs and crypto. Um, I actually first got introduced to Ethereum through an IRL friend um, who I was trading options with. And, you know, it got my attention, but not too, too much. Um, and then through exploring Twitter and trading discords, and when they started talking about crypto, uh, it eventually trickled into NFTs. And that's when I started joining different projects. Unfortunately, most of them were rushed. This was during the bull run. 
Um, but it kind of sh- introduced me to the whole community aspect of NFTs. And I remember one of the first projects I joined, um, you know, it w- their Discord voice chat. Oh, man, every day there is like 30 to 50 people sitting in there throughout the whole day. And when I was trading, I really at that time I was trading full time. I was kind of not I wouldn't say a loner, but I was trading by myself. So being able to sit in those voice chats and meet people and network and seeing how all these different people and all these different stages of their life, different countries. It was really interesting and a lot of real relationships formed from that. And I just kind of stuck around after that. And when did you actually get into crypto? How long ago was this? Um, uh, your post, I think, on your pin might have said you entered the space a year ago, but is that just Twitter or? Oh, so I got into crypto and NFTs two years ago uh, this month, but Twitter, I kind of hitting it hard probably a year and a half roughly uh at first i just kind of hung out and just watched and that's how i found ways to find new projects um and then i really got introduced to spaces and you know branding yourself in that aspect and i got hooked on it i loved the growth i loved meeting new people and you know over time i've built up to where i am today yeah, and I was going to say, actually, you've you built up very well. I think you're sat on, well, when I last checked, it was 14K, but it's 17K now. So that's some, some fast growth there, but uh, better than me. But it, it shows that your your work's paying off. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to get into that a bit later. Actually, I want to get, get some uh, sort of pick your brain about how you've done done that and gone about that. Um, but before we get on to that, actually, I just want to ask a few more questions about yourself uh, just to get get to know you a little bit more and uh, i want to want to ask you sort of if you've got any other if you've got any other hobbies outside of this you know do you find yourself are you, are you a gym goer or have you got anything else that you do outside of trading that you would find to be interesting honestly i game a decent amount uh but besides that i just work a lot irl and i just network on twitter and meet new people so as of right now, not too much. Uh, I have a serious girlfriend I've been with for four years, and she also works a lot. So we kind of just come home, and she does some more work stuff. Uh, we have a beagle. Uh, you know, we take her him out for walks and stuff like that. But for the most part, we kind of just hang out. There's not too much I do besides uh, Twitter, NFTs, and work. To be fair, that's fair enough. I find twitter can be like almost like a hobby in itself like the amount of time that you can spend on this app just trying to grow your following or you know like you say in in spaces it's quite easy to just jump in before you know it you've you know you've listened for an hour or you've been speaking in it for an hour and the time time does sort of fly it's like a it's like a little alternate reality but i would would argue it's pretty much a hobby because you are building a a basically building a a social media account and i'd say it's if you're doing it correctly or um spend your time is going to be well spent um if you're mindlessly sort of scrolling and not doing anything then maybe maybe it's less healthy of a hobby but i, I you know clearly the way you've done it uh is, is worked and uh, is working um and uh, yeah you say about the gaming actually i really want to ask you what you play because i i i used to be a big gamer i, I still play the odd uh, few games now i feel like i've whittled it down to my favorite sort of three three or two or three games but what what is it you're playing at the moment I have been playing Apex a lot recently. Uh, I used to be a big Call of Duty player. Uh, I remember back in like high school, playing Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare 2. Um, 
And that was kind of my thing for a long time. And then recently I transitioned over to Apex and that's what I've been doing for like probably the last year or so. Nice. I have played that before, but I think I played it quite a while ago. It feels like a long time ago now, actually. It's quite an old game. I remember when it was new. Um, I'm, I'm big into like strategy games myself. You, I'm sure you've heard of Age of Empires. Oh, yeah. yeah it's it. a great game. I, I'm, I'm just better at those. First person shooters, man, I've, I've never been very good at. I'm, I'm always the one who's, when we're playing in like a group of six people, I'd be bottom. So it's got all about the strategy games for me because I'm actually vaguely good at them. So it's... Uh, it's nice, but um, and also don't feel free to not dox this. But I wanted to ask you what you did for work, and also if you'd sort of gone to university in your time and what you may have studied if you if you did go. So I went to school for a little while. I was going for my associates in business management, uh, but over time I kind of dropped out of that, and I ended up getting supervisor and management roles just naturally because of my work ethic. So I started to find out that I really didn't need that too much. Um, it's kind of how life works out. So currently I work in an e-commerce facility, um, just a normal nine to five job. Uh, before that, I have a lot of sales and marketing history um, kind of ranging. So I have some like door-to-door sales. I have construction sales, um, anywhere from you know insulation, finish work, all the way to roofing and solar panels. Uh, so stuff like that, it's a wide, wide ranging, uh, experience I have. I've kind of been all over the place, uh, since I started working. Yeah. So when, if you relate this back to what you're saying, when you were doing day trading or trading in general, did you, did you succeed at that? Or like, is there a reason you swapped out of that to, or have you always done a sort of nine to five on the side as well? So when I first started trading, I went full-time trading to teach myself how to do it. And then the inconsistency of, you know, having to trade every day. Um, some people can do that and like props to them, but there is a mental stress uh, when you have to bring in money every day through trading in the market alone. And, you know, some days the market just isn't giving you um, the proper setups to make money and that stress, you know, can tr- trickle over to, other aspects of your life. So I kind of decided it was smarter for me to trade when I have time and just have a consistent flow of income coming in from a normal uh, nine to five. I think that's probably the smart move. I mean, you, you get best of both then because you can trade on the side whenever, I'm guessing. I mean, you, you probably risk uh, missing certain certain calls, but uh, in, in the grand scheme of things, uh, you know, mental health is definitely more important than, than stressing over money all the time. And I, I would agree with you that, you know, that was a, that was a good call, I'd say, and uh, obviously it allows you allows you to live a, a bit of a stress stress free life. <laughs> Although, albeit nine to fives can be quite stressful in themselves, it depends if you enjoy your job. Uh, luckily, I do, and it sounds like you do as well. So, hopefully, you know that continues. But uh, Roma, okay, I'm going to ask you about I'm going to ask you about personal branding and sort of how you've grown your Twitter account because when I first looked at it. I was looking around at bigger accounts and sort of trying to see see what they were doing. And it's quite hard to see how they've done it because a lot of people, you know, it's not clearly obvious. And uh, I want to get your sort of thoughts. How have you gone about growing your account? And is there any tips you'd give someone like me on, you know, to take to grow myself? Yeah, so personally, uh, I started growing my account through trading. I used to post a lot of charting. Um, I think I worked my way up to about 3K doing that. Um, I was a mod in a trading discord. So 
I had started building a community up that way. Uh, when I got into NFTs and crypto, it was just networking naturally, uh, just going into the spaces, the VCs, and you know, building it out. Um, but then I got a few paid roles through different projects, and um, you know, I wasn't making a lot, but I realized that giving back to the community some sort of value was important. So I'm gonna be real with you. Um, for my one paid role, I was making about $300 a week uh, USD from them. And I took no money from that. I was just constantly giving, doing giveaways and giving back to the community and building out my name and reputation that way. Um, and alongside working with those projects, that also naturally helps build your name because you're always in the spaces for them. They're always in different spaces uh, talking about the project. So there's a, a respect factor um, when it comes from the normal community to the, the people really building. Um, the way you carry yourself, uh, you know, you'll naturally gain followers that way. So over time, that's just how I built myself out. And I once I hit 10,000 followers, it was kind of over at that point. Like the numbers was happening naturally. So um, I will, I know people frown upon giveaways. I think giveaways are great, right? But there's got to be a point where you have to balance it out. You can't only run giveaways. You have to also provide other value, um, you know, because the giveaways do help the algorithm. It helps get your name out. But there needs to be like some sort of transition period um, where you start giving them more value besides that. Because once you stick with only giveaways, you kind of put yourself in a box. As soon as you stop running giveaways for whatever reason it may be, um, you'll start to see that your growth almost instantly stops. So that's how I grew my brand. As you can see, I mean, I run a giveaway every once in a while for friends or projects that may reach out to me. Uh, but I no longer am just consistently running giveaways like that. See, my response to that would be like, do you not find that giveaways grow your following, but the quality of the people you're gaining aren't very good? Because I had a giveaway account a while ago. Um, I did did giveaways and I grew it. I didn't grow it very big. It was like 3K. But for me back then, I was like, wow, that's, you know, that's a lot of followers. That's more than this account has. But I found if I tweeted anything that wasn't a giveaway, even while I was actively doing them, like the engagement was terrible. And I was also thinking like it might it might just attract sort of bots or people who aren't into crypto at all. They just you get these people who chase giveaways and they just I guess perhaps they're from poorer countries. I don't know or you know whether the money's worth a bit more over there. Um, do, you, do you not find the sort of doing that? Yeah, the, the quality of the followers is isn't quite there. Yeah, I completely agree. And that's kind of where the balance is at. You know, I prided myself when I was running giveaways. You know, you can look at a lot of these other giveaway accounts, and that's strictly all they do. You never hear their voice. You never get to actually build some sort of relationship there. They're not relatable in a sense of, you know, like even as a founder or any other team member, you want to be relatable. You want to be a person. You don't want to just be a PFP. And I always prided myself in you know, I'm getting X amount of followers from these giveaways, but I'm still in those spaces every day. I'm still replying and engaging with other people. Um, I'm building real relationships there. And that's kind of where the difference is. And I have a few friends that still run giveaways to this day. And, you know, I've taught a few of them the kind of formatting and everything they should be using. And they followed those same exact steps I did of, you know, once you get this platform, you need to transition them. You need to build, build real relationships. Um, and there was a shift there where, 
you saw that people constantly running giveaways, people started to look down on them in a sense, um, because a lot of them are fake giveaways. Um, you know, a lot of them are for rug projects and stuff like that. And when that transition started to happen, you know, the real ones survived that the real ones kept growing, um, brand wise, reputation wise. And, you know, I, I, it's, I don't really want to speak for myself, but I feel like I was able to survive that shift just because I was aware of what was going on and I was a, two steps ahead of that shift. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely see people running giveaways now. Uh, occasionally, I, <laughs> I've done, you know, I've entered them or whatever. And then you go back and look and they're gone. Um, and just, and these are like big accounts, Like the main reason, cause I, I don't really enter giveaways much, but if I see a big account doing it, I'm like, okay, if I like the look of the thing and I might try and get uh, whatever it is, a whitelist or, or what, whatnot. Um, but even big accounts, I'm pretty sure are a bit scammy with it in a way. Like, I don't know if they've accepted money for it and then they just sort of keep everything for themselves. I, I have no idea, but it's uh, it's a bit of a dodgy road for me. And I, I think... Would I, would I think I would, I don't know, I was going to say, would I run them? If someone offered me payment to run one for them, I think I probably would, but I wouldn't um, do what people clearly do, which is just lie and not, not complete the giveaway and stuff. But I wouldn't want to do too many of them at the same time. I, I, it's one of those things, I guess I'd have to cross the road when I came to it. Yeah, the problem with that is too, and I will say this very clear, I've never taken a payment to run a giveaway. I always just you know, wanted to help other people. So you could approach me with, Hey, I want you to give away my NFT, you know, or whitelist, which I'll never, I'll never give away a whitelist ever. Um, but I had to have a personal relationship with them. I have to get in a call with you and you have to show me what you're trying to build. You have to show me some proof of concept because yeah, that's when it starts getting sketchy at the end of the day, gaining those followers is cool. But if you're hurting people at the same time by giving whitelist for rug projects like what are you really doing at the you might be able to say oh i'm giving something away i'm trying to help out but at the end of the day if you're burning people in that process isn't that selfish you know you're not caring about the community you're just caring about your growth and like i said that's kind of where i think i stuck out in the beginning when i was running giveaways is i'm giving away projects that have shown that are consistent, shown that they're really here to build. And I never really cared too much about how many people I gained from each giveaway. I just enjoyed giving back. I loved seeing people get excited to get a new alien friend because they couldn't afford one, um, you know, giving someone ETH because, you know, they wanted to use it to buy a project they've been trying to save up for. You know, that's why I was doing it. At first, yeah, it was about followers, but over time, after building relationships with people and actually meeting people, it was more of the almost the high I would get from seeing someone get happy from it. Yeah, you raise a good point, to be fair. I don't really think about the fact that you could effectively be approached and the pro well, yeah, it could be a rug or a, a dodgy person on the other end. And I guess that's the thing you got to think about and you got to be careful about because it's mainly as well, it's it's your reputation you're putting on the line, I guess, when you accept doing these, if, especially if it's from a stranger or someone you don't know and don't know anything about the project. So if it was an established project, it's probably different. If it's, uh, you know, like peak bull run when you got all the new projects launching and yeah, maybe maybe not, maybe it's one to avoid. But um, uh, on that note, actually, I wanted to say, because obviously you're saying it helps build the followers and stuff. What's your opinion on having more followers? Like you said earlier about you hit 10K and then it, it's quite, 
it sort of grows on its own like do you believe that the higher number of followers you have means you're more likely to get people following you when they see that you've got more followers if that makes sense a hundred percent a hundred percent it definitely will naturally have people follow you um because they're going to be curious of why you are in the position you are at um they want to follow you to see if they can learn something from you to put themselves in that position. Um, But alongside that, you also get a lot of bots starting to follow you. So um, that's a struggle you have to deal with, you know, the purges and stuff like that. That's a natural when you hit a certain extent. Um, But yeah, it does happen naturally when you get to that point. Do you face purges in in terms of uh, bot accounts getting removed from your following? Is that what happens? Yeah, when you're not when you're running giveaways consistently, you're going to get destroyed by purges a lot, like hundreds at a time. But recently, since I haven't really been doing giveaways, uh, the bots are still coming. But man, maybe it's like 50 to 100 at a time. And then it's like it almost never happened the following day, the day after, um, because I'd be right back in the same spot. It's probably a good thing as well, because they're not going to be the quality followers. They're just going to be numbers, which is. I mean, it's all well and good, but eventually you're going to want people who actually interact with you and you can speak to. So purging is probably good. I I mean, I I like it when accounts are clearly getting suspended from mine and they they were clearly bots and because they slip through like all the time. Um, And and people who might follow you who aren't like even in crypto at all and they're just sort of, yeah, I think most of them probably are bots. But um, and and, and on the same subject, actually, of, of growing following, What's your opinion on branding and sort of how important it is to brand yourself in this space, like overall having maybe using certain colors or keeping the same PFP and stuff like that? What What, what is your thoughts yeah, on the importance of that? Uh, see, I'm on the fence with it. You know, I rocked one alien friend, my Blue Yeti. It's in my banner. I rocked that for a very long time. So when people saw that yeti they knew it was me um but i had transitioned off of it a few times and i think when we talk about branding we just have to think about more of reputation right so the pfp is important the colors are important yes i'm not going to say they're not but i think your reputation at the end of the day of you as an individual your character is way more important so when they see my name which i have rebranded my name i think two times so, and I didn't really miss a step each time I did it. You know, I would put out an announcement tweet, like, oh, I'm changing my name. You know, when I doxed, I did it again. Um, but I don't think the PFP is as important as people think. You know, there's definitely benefits, you know, for rocking a mutant PFP, um, you know, an Azuki, stuff like that. But I think at the end of the day, it really just comes down to your reputation. Yeah, I think. In two ways, I agree with you, or in one way, I agree with you. But the other way, I, I think it's sort of like if someone I know well changes their profile picture and I haven't seen that they've done that, and then I just come across it, like on the timeline, I, I might almost skip past their name, like not knowing it's them. So I think maybe it's like one of those things, short term, maybe you would see a drop in, in terms of like engagement or from people you know even. Uh, and then as they learn that that's your new profile picture and then that, that i think their brain probably just subconsciously gets attracted to what they you know what's familiar so uh I, and i think that's probably really what it is because i think the the idea that you have to remain at the one one profile picture for your whole time on here is 
probably a bit absurd because obviously that's I mean that's quite crazy to even say that you know you you cannot change this otherwise your engagement will die forever so I think it's just one of those things you have to accept that you could lose a bit at the start and then that people get, get used to it again because obviously Roma, if you change your profile picture now I might miss a post from you because I you know don't recognize it's you but I'm not gonna be like oh that's it he's done He's no longer that alien. I, I, I'm, I'm through with him. So, you know, because I know that having spoken to you, that you're like a, a cool guy, you know, and I'm not going to just ditch someone for changing their PFP. So, but I think, for, and, and also actually my thoughts on branding in terms of sort of colors and that actually, I do reckon that is a good good idea if people can do it to keep a color scheme because I, I personally, I don't know whether it's just me. I just like when people do their little, uh, like NFT God, he sticks with his purple. I see it on the timeline. I know it's him even though it's quite basic I, I like i know his uh you know little sketches and stuff and it's it's sort of like i say subconsciously builds in your mind and you know it's attached to this person um, but that's that's just me um and roma actually i'm gonna you know speaking of nft god right he's he's big in this space i want to know what your goals are for this space are you are you aiming to get to a, a big huge twitter following or are you aiming to what, what are you aiming for you know in the web3 space uh, I want to build a project at the end of the day, right? So I've worked for quite a few projects all the way from moderator to community managers, collab managers. Um, and one of the things that really would upset me was, you know, those team members from the mods all the way up to the community managers, excluding the founders at, at this moment, the way I'm talking about it, they put in a lot of work, right? And they don't make those real drastic decisions, though. So when you're putting all this work hours upon hours a week to build up this community and then a founder just absolutely implodes it off a poor decision, you know, you've given them input of like, hey, we should really do this. And they don't listen. You watch uh, the consequences of their decision happen and it completely die. Um, it's hard. It's really hard. It, it makes you upset. You're like, oh, I wasted time. So I would, my main goal is to bring a project that everyone in this space will be really excited about and that is long lasting. And when I'm talking about a project, I'm not just meaning like an NFT project too. Like that is the goal, but you want to build a brand, something that is recognizable in web too, some a legitimate business that is sustainable. Um, and, you know, that's my main mission. So it might not be now, you know, might be six months from now, a year from now, but that is the main goal. The following to me doesn't matter too much. I mean, it does when you're building a project because as a founder, I think what a lot of people get wrong is you have to have a relationship with the community. There has to be trust. Um, and I think the way I've been setting myself up and networking is I'm in a really good position to do that in the future. And that is, you know, my goal in this space. Yeah, and I think 100% you would, you would actually make a great founder. It's just the way you speak to people on here, man. Like certain people, I can tell, you can see through certain people on here. You know, they you can see the takers. You They are really obvious. And if you actually look into it, like so many people are takers. People who you would assume, you know, I've spoken to people for quite a long period of time. And you think that you're on good terms and stuff. And you are. There's no There's no beef there, but... You, they never seem to quite give back what you give to them in terms of like, you know, support and, and just in general, it's, it's almost like once you're on the timeline, they're a different person than in the DMs and stuff. And it it's a bit of a shame, but on here, Roma, you have, you have 
come come out to me and you seem pretty like genuine and um a lot of the people well, literally everybody who i've done these these podcasts with are, are genuine but there is 100 percent, 100 percent. there's people who aren't aren't quite what they seem so uh you know when you do do that project let me know <laughs> i'll be there supporting you bro um i'll be down getting that getting that mint um and also actually i wanted to say you, you spoke about web 2 uh and making a project that sort of fits web 2 i think for me like people focus on web 3 so much and web 3 is it's almost in my opinion this is my opinion it's not even really there like i think the thing you need is web 2.5 you want to be joining both things i think if you stick with just web 3 it's not gonna it's not gonna have the same effect as if you can get people you know everyday people involved into something where they almost don't realize they're using the technology and that's sort of in my opinion the way that it, it is going to evolve and you want to get that middle ground i think is the most fruitful where you could get you know best of both worlds because i don't think the world anytime soon is going to fully just turn into everyone's got crypto wallets on their phone i mean it might you know you never know I mean, i'd love it to but having spoken to everyday people in my work and you know people i see i think we're still a long way from that so it's, it's in my opinion yeah getting that that sort of web 2.5 thing and uh yeah when you do it let me know um and actually what well, i wanted to ask you one more thing Roma, before i jump into the oh, i was going to ask you a bit a bit about crypto itself um i forgot to ask you when we we're talking about branding uh, and pfps I, I wanted to know what your thoughts are about having an nft versus like me i haven't got an nft this is just my like logo i made um and do you think it's sort of important to have an actual nft like am i am i missing out if i've got this and not an nft because i'm not part of any community i'm just you know the the guy with the hat and the monocle <laughs> and the mustache so what's what's your thoughts on that um it may hold you back slightly at first but once you start breaking down walls i don't think it matters i think if you look at you know your pfp you're rocking now as your branding um, as long as you're hitting spaces and meeting new people and pushing it out, um, that can just have the same effect over time as an NFT. They can look at that and be like, oh, it's rich, you know? So I don't think it's as important. I mean, but I think it would help to have an NFT. I mean, but like I said, I don't think it's like the end all be all to have an NFT as your profile picture. Yeah, you raise a good point, actually, because obviously if you're just starting out, no followers, I should imagine having something like a mutant ape or, or, or like a sappy seal, like that's going to get you in itself probably a hundred followers within a day if you're just posting off or whatever. Um, and uh, and I guess that is a benefit. But yeah, I think I think you're right. As, as it goes on, people will recognise it, whatever it is. That's that's my thoughts on it. But I guess if you join a big community, you're always going to gain followers from it. I mean, it'd probably be a tactic to just swap an NFT every week and just tweet their community, gain the followers, sweep them up, move to the next one, keep going, and then bring it back to the original. <laughs> so I'm not going to do that. I'd have, I'd have the Ethereum gas for that, man. But you know, um, let's let's talk a bit about crypto actually, because obviously that's why you know that's why we're all here. That's how I'm talking to you because we're all interested in crypto. We're all interested in NFTs. Um, I want I want you to tell me a bit about the NFT you're rocking currently, actually. And uh, I also don't know if I don't know if you want me to bring this up because. I realized you you changed your PFP recently, and uh, I, I thought in your in your bio I, I think it said something about being, were you a co-founder for some for like a lot I don't know what it was I don't know if you want to talk about it. I don't know what happened if anything's happened or not. Yeah, I, I can talk about it. That's perfectly sure. fine. Right now I'm rocking an alien friend OG. Uh, it's an Olu. My friend NFT Kush actually gifted it to me uh, when I was about to change my PFP from the llama 
uh, nothing bad to say about the llamas. It was just one of those things where my heart wasn't completely in it. And I always told myself that I wouldn't be half in and half out. I don't think that's fair to the community, the rest of the team, um, and most of all myself. Because at that point, it's more of a mental draining thing. And it's more of like, oh, this is a chore. And, you know, my best work isn't going to come out if I'm in that uh, that mindset. So I did drop down. Um, you know, I made an announcement about that. All respect to the llamas and the llama team. But, you know, it just wasn't the right time for me to be a co-founder of a project. I personally think that I'm better off alone um, if I'm going to build something again. I think my work ethic and drive, you know, I'm not saying it's unmatched, but when I'm working and I'm building something like I'm fully dedicated to that. Like that is what I'm sleeping, eating, drinking is that project. And that just wasn't there uh, when it came to the llamas. So I, I had to make that hard decision. It was weeks and weeks of, you know, am I going to stay? Am I not? And, you know, eventually it was just like, I just got to do it. So. Yeah, fair enough. I, I, I just didn't know whether to bring it up because I, I saw it and I was like, maybe maybe something's happened behind the scenes. I wasn't sure. And I, but I, I wanted to just ask because I was actually genuinely, genuinely curious. Um, but you always got to do the decision that's right for you. You don't want to be sticking anywhere, doing any job, anything. If you're not fully in it, you're you're not, you, you know, if your mind's not in it, what's, what is the point? There isn't a point. You're sort of just lying to yourself. Um, and at that point, you're not going to put in your best work. So that's a fair, fair enough decision. And uh, yeah, I mean, on, on that note, uh, let's move into some crypto and NFTs. I want, I want to actually know which one you prefer. Do you prefer NFTs or are you more a crypto token kind of guy? Not really into crypto itself too, too much. Uh, more into NFTs. I do. I know. I know how to trade crypto. I know how to chart the market caps, and you know, based off the market caps, you can look at individual coins, altcoins, and then you know, Bitcoin and Ethereum. Um, but me personally, I don't really trade crypto itself too much. Do you do any long-term holding? Like, do you do you do any fundamental investing, or is it all trading? It's all trading with me. Okay, even with NFTs. Yep, all trading. And I actually have taken a step back from actually trading the assets themselves uh once the bear market hit it was a lot of you know spikes in volume and then completely dying out getting burnt um you know a decent amount of rugs continued to come out and you know i just buy projects that i love the community in i like the art and that's just kind of my vibe at this point uh don't really want to pump in money to make money in nfts right now i'd rather build um, it just hit a point over the last maybe six months or so where uh, um, there's something about me where I have a builder mindset. I always want to push my limitations. And um, at that point, my focus is just on that. It's not about anything else that's really going on. Like, oh, this is the next project. This is the next whitelist. It's, if it's big enough, someone close to me will get my attention with it, but I'm not actively seeking it anymore. See, this is where I'm, I'm interested because if you're a trader and you know, you're more into trading, then overall, are you still interested in the technology? Like, are you bullish on any certain utilities or are you mainly just in it? Because you say you're a builder, but at the same time, you're a trader. So that, to me, just I would have thought you would have been like a fundamental investor, but not that it's wrong. It's just you, isn't it? But I was just curious as to whether you're, are you in it for the technology as well? Yeah, and the community mainly. I mean, one of the things that got me into the space was the community. I was going through a rough patch in real life where I was cutting off a bunch of people 
um, to the point where it was almost like, I feel like I'm alone right now. And then I found NFTs. So it was trading. I was trying to make money, not making money, making money, um, you know, finally getting on a team, starting to build. And that's kind of where I found my passion. So every once in a while, like I said, if something pops up on my radar and someone close to me brings it up, I'll trade. But at the end of the day, I'm looking for really dope communities, people with really good vibes. And, you know, either I'm building out a project, I'm building out my brand, or I'm just building connections at the end of the day. So if you were to build a project, and when you do, would you mainly say you're building, you are aiming to build a community over a uh, almost like a use case style project? See, I think that you can do both. I think you can do both. I think you can build a community based off of the art and, you know, I, I'll say this. I have a couple of friends that are doing some studies right now uh, with a lot of people and the questions they're asking people, are you here for the money? You're here for the community. I will say that the results so far have been heavily weighing towards the money side, right? So people might say community, community, community. Um, but I don't know at this point, are you just vocalizing what everyone else is tweeting out and saying? You know, I don't know. I can't, I can't read your mind. So I want to build a community where you can provide real value. And to provide real value, you have to build a business. And to build a business, it has to line up with the technology. So that's why I'm saying you, you kind of have to do both because you need a business to have that long-term growth, sustainability, and to provide real value. Because if you're just building a community and you're taking these mint funds and you're just doing giveaways or you know doing X, Y, and Z, and you're just wasting the funds essentially, um, you're going to run out. And then what are you going to do? Do another collection, you know, stuff of that nature. It's, there has to be a balance between all of it. You can't just be heavily weighed towards one side, especially right now with how small this space is. I'm going to be honest. A lot of people have, I'm not saying it's them. It's more of how fast this space move. I like to say a lot of people in the space have the memory of a goldfish. If you can't entertain them for long enough, like they're going to go somewhere else. So if you're just solely community driven, I'm telling you another new shiny object is going to come out a couple of weeks from now and they're going to be gone. You know, so you wasted all these funds trying to maintain this community and they're going to most likely leave anyway. So now you don't have the funds to actually build a business to continuously provide them value. And so you're not going to be able to bring those people back, um, you know, you can maybe announce some big news. They'll come back for a little bit, leave again. It, it, it Like I said, it's a balancing act. Yeah, it reminds me of the days, um, I don't know if you're into shit coins, but like a year ago or whenever it was, but you'd get these projects who were just, it's basically the ones who survived are the ones who could announce things like it, it regularly, things happening, and, and it, it didn't even have to provide value. It just, be like, oh, we've got, an, uh, you know, we're promoting on this page. It has a hundred thousand followers, and then it, people stick around a bit more. And they're like, "Oh, the announcement's coming this week for whatever it is." It's never, never actually truly anything valuable at all. It's just like who can keep the attention long enough and make people think that you know it's going to pump. So, and 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 you know that being said, when you uh, spoke about community versus here for the money sort of thing, realistically. If NFTs and crypto had no monetary value, no one would be here. You might get the odd artist who's into NFTs because they like drawing or painting, but no one's going to be wanting to sort of rock. It, it would literally become normal art, but then even normal art has a, a value, so it's hard to say. But no one would be, you know, no one would be here if they couldn't make thousands of dollars or pounds on their 
whatever it is, their little alien or their ape. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, and the world is driven by money. Like, a lot of people wouldn't collect Pokemon cards and, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh cards if they weren't monetary value, you know, behind them and the ability to flip that later. And it's not even that everyone wants to flip stuff. It's just the ability to, I think, makes you think that you're not wasting your money and you're not wasting your time. Like when you buy the thing, you, you like it. And in the back of your head, you're like, oh, if I ever go off it, I can get rid of it. And, I, you know, without that sort of thing, would you ever buy it? Probably not. I guess it's free, so you can just get it, and then it loses all its value. So why would you want it? It's all it's like a catch twenty two. I don't know. You can go around in circles with that one. But it's interesting, all the same. But I think I think I would have said myself. Most people say they're here for the money. Like I'm, I'm here for the money. But I enjoy I enjoy the Twitter part a lot. Actually, like I quite enjoy the speaking to people. And I think even if there was no, I mean, I don't have NFTs to be honest. I've got a few. There's a few projects I like, but. I like speaking to the people and I like building my my brand of like po- the podcast and uh, YouTube and stuff like this. And that's how that's my enjoyment I get from it. And because I mainly buy crypto coins, which is I mean, there, there is communities, but they're not as strong as the NFT ones are unless you're in a really big coin. Uh, but yeah. And uh, Roma, I'm going to ask you about the your, your current opinion on the market at the moment. So it's a bit slight, slight change of subject, but. You know, we've got at the moment, we've got stuff like banks collapsing, going bust and stuff. We've got Russia and China, you know, they got their deals going on. I don't know if you saw it in the news the other day about them saying about, you know, changing the change, changing the, what was it the first change in 100 years, blah, 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 that thing. Um, and, you know, all of this is sort of happening at the same time. It's all looking a bit dodgy. Crypto, I, I mean, in my opinion, I think we bottomed last year, but you never know. I wanted to hear your opinion on all of this. So, I mean, I I looked at the chart the other day. It's been a couple of days, but um, I think with everything going on from the U.S. economy to you know these wars going on and potential of more things happening from Taiwan, uh, you know, China and Russia doing their thing. For me, I feel like it's just safer to me to kind of sit on the sidelines at this point. You know, NFTs are down bad. Uh, you see you know, spikes in volume and, you know, a lot of ones are kind of bottoming out. They're kind of sitting on like, we'll just go with the support. I don't know, man. I just don't trust things. I can be a pessimistic when, be pessimistic when it comes to the market sometimes just because I don't trust it. It takes one really big news um, to absolutely crush things. So, and, you know, when I was trading the options, there's times where it's like, this information is terrible, right? Like this information is bad news. And we're still ripping, you know, when they, I really lost faith when they changed the definition of recession that made me like take a step back and be like, all right, hold on a second. We're just moving the goalpost now, you know, cause in technically speaking, we were in a recession. Like we had two negative GDPs, but oh no, we're not in a recession. It doesn't look like we're in a recession. So we're just going to say we're not in one. I mean, that made me really take a step back and look around and be like, hold on, this is just straight craziness. You know, the Ukraine and Russia situation. um, Like I said, I feel like at any moment, something could just go completely south. Yeah, the the changing of the recession thing is just, well, it's just obvious. I don't know why they'd ever think people aren't going to just think that's (laughs) like, you can see what they're doing. But this is where I also think like if technically if we have been in a recession, which I think we have. Uh, here in the UK, I'm pretty sure we have as well. I, I think they've said we've avoided it, but it's like by that 0.01. So we might as well have said we're in it. Um, I, I think 
it's hard to say judging on that whether you know we're actually going to come out of it by the end of this year and it might get better but the thing is that i found myself thinking i don't know if this is my conspiracy mind because i i do love a conspiracy theory not saying i believe conspiracy theories or many of them but i do i do like them i'm interested in you know reading all these different ones about whatever you know i find myself wondering and and i do sort of believe that the strength of the US dollar is failing compared to like you see this China Russia deal they've got going on. And I think the Middle East had dealings with China now as well. And they're all trading with their currency, which I think is like the Guam, something like that. It's not the yen, I think yen's Jap- uh, Japanese, but like it's just the US just loves printing their money and seemingly devaluing their own currency. And they, I don't know what it is. Your, your guys' government, they just, <laughs> I don't know what it is. Maybe it's part of a big plan. I don't know. But I just think at any moment, you know, we could come out of a recession and then two years' time, we might just see some hyperinflation and the US is just, you know, the dollar's gone. I don't know. And that's what worries me because I'm, I'm trying to think, like, how can I protect myself versus that? And it's really hard unless you start buying, I don't know, gold. Or I'd say maybe in the uk i would say maybe property because of the land the land's very small it's different in the us i know assuming you're from the us actually Roma, i don't want to assume yeah i'm i'm in i'm based in pennsylvania united states like an hour outside of philly but i agree i think some of the best ways you can probably fight against it is just buying like gold and you know property not in the us right now because it's crazy high but you know um looking at other assets besides the stock market because i do believe you know it it's not even believing when you're looking at the numbers and you're looking at the money being printed out um, and how crazy our debt has gone up. uh, It's like, where do you see an end to this? You know, like, Oh, we're going to move capital gains from 20% to 40%. We're going to do X, Y, and Z. It's like, I feel like personally that this moves to try to fight it is almost too late in a sense. And we just keep pumping out the money. There's no sign of that stopping um, at all. It's just going to continue to happen. And I think at the end of the day, that's just our country uh, lining the pockets of the higher ups. Uh, None of us down here are going to benefit from what they're doing. And if you believe that you are, you know, go read, actually go read some information and just stop watching the news because the news is going to lie to you. Yeah, I think it's crazy to see. I, I, I believe, and don't quote me on this, but I believe that the US or the Fed printed billions of dollars to basically stop the banks going insolvent, um, which makes no sense because that's just going to make the problem worse. It's like uh, we've had an issue in the UK where, and it's a very controversial one, where you get uh, people in certain sectors are requesting pay rises uh, of like 20% and stuff, which and some of them are like nurses and stuff, and I believe they should get the pay rise. But at the same time, you get people requesting these pay rises. And if everyone in the UK had a 20% pay rise, it's all going to be worth less anyway, because the amount of money, like people, I don't think everyone understands. And I think people just watch the news. And like you said, the news is going to lie, or it's very easy to just brainwash people to not necessarily think about the consequences overall. Like it would be great if everyone was told, ah, oh, you're all getting 20%. You know, in uh, I don't know how long it would take a month, maybe a couple months. Like, it's going to be irrelevant anyway. So it's 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 a difficult one. I think to be fair, I've been thinking that because I I don't normally buy Bitcoin myself, like actual Bitcoin. I don't really buy ETH either. I I I have some altcoins that I like, um, but I don't normally go for the big ones. I think Bitcoin could actually be a very safe hedge against it. If yeah, I think it could be. I think Bitcoin Gold. I would say I would get. yeah, UK property is also mega expensive. I know you said in the US, 
the only thing that makes me feel a bit better about it is we have a lot less land so as the population gets bigger we you know we run out of space so it's it's different in the us i know it's way way bigger but um and, and actually let me let me ask you this roma uh talking about people you know watching the news not necessarily knowing exactly what's going on you're going to get a lot of people coming into this space soon i think you know as we enter the new bull run in the next couple of years hopefully unless it's all gone to pot what is your advice for newcomers who are coming in or maybe people are even like looking to enter this space now they're trying to think you know where can i put my money i'm going to go to crypto or nfts like have you got any advice for, for newcomers coming here into this space just do your own research please don't take the advice from someone on twitter make sure you go actually look into the information i'm not saying don't listen to anyone but take with a grain of salt and actually look into what they're saying because i think that's what burned a lot of people in this space that's why a lot of people in this space aren't here anymore is because they just took everyone's all the information people were putting out as truth and you know i personally got burnt for thousands of dollars when i first got in here probably at least fifteen thousand dollars when i first got into the space um by rugs and you know i've been destroyed by shit coins before um, just do your own research and make sure you stick around the people that are actually have information right uh, i think the way i've been able to grow mentally in this space was i didn't go into the room with people that knew as much as me right i didn't listen i mean we could be friends that's fine but when we actually want to learn like i'm looking for the people that are smarter you know, have been here longer. Like those are the people I want to be around because that's how you actually learn. Yeah, great advice. It's always funny because I ask people, you know, give advice for newcomers and most of it is just do your own research. And I feel like I say it most weeks, but it's, it's so true. Don't, don't just go around believing randomers, especially people who mess, like the amount of people, it's actually depressing. The amount of people who fall for these sort of scams, phishing scams, and also just giving their seed phrase out. Like you need to literally look at the basics. You need to watch like, I don't know, the dummy's guide to crypto, like a five minute video will tell you step one, do not give away your seed phrase, please. Because that the thing is people who are new come in the space, they might be like, oh, you know, $500, I'm just going to put it into this. And then they give away their seed phrase, lose their stuff. And they're probably gone forever like that. And they're going to be out there openly flooding every, you know, the whole thing. But it's simply because they haven't researched it enough or, you know, maybe they've asked the wrong people. But And that's why, actually, NFT communities are, are a great thing because they'll have discords, Twitter, you know, spaces, all this. And you can ask people who are genuinely, you know, if you're in a space, Roma, and you were telling someone some advice and you're, you know, you're saying, oh, yeah, just, you know, just give me your C phrase. Everyone else is going to say, no, no, <laughs> hold up. They're not going to let you do it. So the, the strength of a community is, you know, it is very good. And I think that's that's almost probably a thing in terms of sort of newcomers coming to nfts they probably don't get burnt as much i'm sure they do get burnt but not as much as crypto tokens i should imagine like when i entered the shitcoin scene that's <laughs> i got burnt heavily for, for like a year so you know it's uh it, it is it is easy to get burnt but yeah do do your own research and uh you, you should be fine roma is there any is there anything else you'd like to cover in this space or in this podcast i will say one thing i mean i put out a tweet about it and i was I wasn't hoping you asked a question, but like I said, being relatable is very important. You know, my following count, my followers don't really matter, but I mean, I've worked my way up. I've networked a lot. I've brushed shoulders with a bunch of bigger players in the space. Um, you know, and I kind of wanted to hit like a, a part of my background so people understand that I'm not just some like rich person or, you know, some guru. Like, 
I, this last month, I had seven years clean off heroin, right? So I want to say that just because anyone listening to this that might be going through that struggle or, you know, someone that might be sitting there and being like, well, there's no way I can get into a position like him or people way bigger than me, you know, it's like, it's possible. Just put the work in, um, talk to people, don't be scared, do that. Um, one thing I always, you know, prided myself in was I don't care how big of a follower account, what PFP you have, anything like that. If I want to try to connect with you and reach out to you, I'm just going to do it. The worst thing that anyone will do is just ignore you and say no. And it's like, all right, cool. On to the next person. So that's kind of what I wanted to hit real quick. Just like I'm a person just like everyone else, all these big people that have 50 K followers, hundred K followers, they're real people too. And just consider them that and approach them and get to know them. I think that's really important when you first get in this space. That's, uh, that's well, that's rounded off into the the whole, the name of the podcast behind the JPEG, right? Like there is a person behind that profile picture. And that, that's why I host this podcast because there's, you know, I think it's good for people to be able to actually understand and listen and hear these people talk like yourself, because, you know, I've spoken to you on, to, on DMs and stuff, but I haven't had, I don't have the foggiest what you sounded like. I didn't know what your personality truly is. Um, and, I, and I thank you for sharing that. If I, I hadn't seen your tweet, otherwise I would have asked about that. Um, but thanks for sharing that. I mean, yeah, my, I've, I've not had anything like that um, in terms of sort of um, addiction or anything, but uh, I do myself suffer with like sort of anxiety my whole life. I've had anxiety, like even doing this space, like because I haven't done it for a week or two. Oh man, I'm nervous before these things. Like even even when I've done them in like every week, I still get nervous before them, and I just sort of like live my life in a pain sort of sort of anxious level. But there is darker times, and I think people need to understand that when you're feeling like the worst, like it comes in waves, and you'll you know a week later you'll literally be thinking like, oh, why was I you know why was it why was it so bad? It doesn't last forever. Pain is temporary. I like that quote and. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's true. It is, it is temporary. And then as long as you're taking relevant steps to improve yourself, I think that honestly, that's, that's all you can do. Even if it's baby steps, even if it's just showering, you know, if you haven't showered, like some people struggle to even get out of bed and uh, no, yeah. I, I mean, I thank you for sharing that. Honestly, that was, um, I know it's, it's good news as well. Seven years clean. Congratulations. And I, you know, here's to seven more as well. Um, but before we end it, Roma, I do this with everyone. I'm going to do it with you as well. I'm going to ask, a, I'm going to do a little quick fire round. I just want like a one, one word answer, sort of yes or no, or one, one word. It depends. And uh, are you happy to do that? Yeah, I'm down with All that. Right, so let me see. Let me see. Right. We're going to go with apes or crypto punks. That's bored apes. We're going to go with apes. Okay. Okay. And GM tweets. Yes or no? Definitely. Nice. I like, I like that. One. I'm always a bit, I'm always like on the fence with that one, but that's, that's a good take. Uh, have we bottomed yet? Do you think the market is bottomed? Temporarily. Okay. Azuki or mutant apes? Ooh, hard one. Uh, I'm just going to go with the art. We're going to go with Azuki. Nice, nice. And Bitcoin, will it hit 100K? No. Ooh. And last one, the all-important one, the cheesiest one. Should the listeners rate the podcast five-star? Oh, definitely. <laughs> That's always the one I'm like, I'm chucking it in. I'm doing it. I don't care. <laughs> um, but I want to actually touch on it real before we end. The Bitcoin to 100K. No. Whoa. You've hurt my heart, man. Why? Yeah, I'm a pessimist sometimes when it comes to coin. You know, I just try to keep it real. Um, you know, we hired a lot of people saying Bitcoin to 100K when you're at 50K and people bought up at like 50K. And then, you know, um, 
you can ask them how that felt on the way down. So what I'm saying is, though, if we teleport at 10 years' time, you think it's not hit 100K by then? Oh, you know, there is a chance. If we're talking that, yeah. Uh, I just don't see it in the few, like the close future at all. Yeah, that's fair enough. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. And you know what? By then, the dollar might have exploded, and it won't even be Bitcoin. It'll be like Chinese guan coin or whatever. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But, uh, you know, until then... We're just going to be doing our thing. Rome is going to be building. I'm going to be interviewing. Um, I want to thank everyone who's listened live. You know, thanks for listening. It's it's been fun. It's been a, it's been good to get the rust off, and uh, you know, dust off the <laughs> the words and uh, get back into this. And everyone who is listening on the podcast, do remember to rate it five star. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Real Money Rich and Roma. Tell them where they can find you. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at jroma.eth. Thank you very much. And yeah, thanks for being here, Roma. I appreciate it. I appreciate you uh, being so open to join me. And uh, I hope it was all right with, with, you know, I feel like I've been a bit rusty, stumbling over a few words. I'm absolutely knackered. <laughs> um, but, you know, we, we move and uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. Oh, yeah, I enjoyed it. And like I said, I appreciate you reaching out and, uh, you know, have me come up here to give my story and ask me some questions. And I hope, uh, you know, I wish you the best in everything and just keep building, man. Just keep doing these podcasts every week and the way you have it formatted and stuff you're going to do big things my friend